0: This is part two of our series of halachos on Tosephus Shabbos, and we're continuing where we left off last week. Last week we discussed what is the source of accepting Shabbos, the mitzvah to add on to Shabbos, what time, what's too early, what would be too late, and then we discussed finally the process, what one must do in order to accept early Shabbos. Today I'd like to begin by discussing the impact that a husband or a wife or family members could have on each other. There is a uh, perception, I would say maybe even a common perception in certain circles, that feels that once a wife uh, lights the candles, then all of the members of her family, her husband and certainly children, uh, become obligated uh, in you know, the prohibitions of doing malacha on Shabbos. However, Ramosha Feinstein, in uh, a very famous tshuva in the Cheil uh, thinks that this is a mistake. And he explains that no one can accept Shabbos for anyone else. A wife cannot do that for her husband, and a husband cannot do that uh, for his wife. Now, it should be noted that in some of the more contemporary Likud Sfarim, Piskei chuvos is a sefer that's well known probably to most of our listeners. There's a more recent sefer uh, running on the Mishnah Bru as well, called Mishnah Mishnabrura, put out by David Lichtenstein. So both of those far, from the Piskei in and Mishnachrona, do quote other poskim who disagree with what we just mentioned from Rav Moshe. Uh, either in general they hold that a uh, husband or a wife could be mechay of each other, or some suggest perhaps in a, in a limited vein, maybe when the spouse, the question is if the spouse can specifically do malacha for the one who accepted Shabbos. Maybe that might be too far according to some poskim. Uh, however, I think that Rav Moshe's tshuva is uh, compelling, and I, my mesora, at least from my is uh, like is like Rav Moshe, um, and therefore this comes up a lot, especially in the summer months when often people are making significant Tosefa Shabbos, early Shabbos, and it's not uncommon in many families for the uh, husband, let's say, to go to shul even if the wife has not yet uh, lit candles or become her, herself accepted Shabbos. So that's in the micro uh, impact of one person on the other. Uh, the second uh, issue I wanted to mention is more in the macro, which is a fascinating question. Um, and that is the issue that is raised uh, by the Mordechai and quoted in Shulchan Arach and Simon Reish Samach Gimel, S'if Yudbet, where he quotes based on the Mordechai the following ruling kahal kiblu Shabis, Hamiut nimshachim acherehem al-Karcham. is to say, in certain contexts, and we'll get to uh, what those might mean in a minute, but the Mordechai is saying that there's a concept that if you live in a community and a majority of the community has accepted Shabbos, then automatically Mamela Everyone becomes obligated in the halachas of Shabbos, the prohibitions of Malacha, even though they themselves may not have accepted Shabbos yet, may have no interest or intention of accepting early Shabbos at that moment, but it doesn't matter, rules the Shulchan Aruch, based on the Mordechai, and Rov accepted Shabbos, if most of the people did, then Memele, everyone, even the others, are included. Many, many achronim, even though we accept this basic Idea this fascinating idea. The uh, many achronim, however, uh, put a significant limitation on this, and this is quoted by the Mishnah Brewery here, and that is that this chidush of the Mordechai, quoted by the Machaber, is referring to specifically beir of one city. Excuse me, of one shul. However, beir she'esh babata k'nisiot harbei ein achas nemshachas archarchavreta afilu im baachas rov. Says the Mishnabura, based on these earlier post-scheme, that the Mordechai was describing a situation in when basically there is one community, community not just defined by a geographic location, but that they're all part of the same shul. If you're part of the same shul, so then that can be machayiv, all of the members, if once majority of the members have accepted Shabbos. However, says the Mishnah um, In most contemporary situations, there are cities with multiple and many, many shuls. And the Chiddush here is, once you're dealing with a a city with many shuls, so then it doesn't matter. This whole halacha is irrelevant. Even if X number, a minority of the shuls, had accepted Shabbos, but even if those were the big shuls in town and you added up the people and it ended up being a majority of the people in the town, it still is not relevant. The Mishnah from these earlier Achronim are making a hard and fast rule that the Mordechai is limited to where there is a single community, a single congregation. But once there are multiple communities within a community, multiple shuls within a community, each one kind of their own little mini community, Mamela no one will impact the others. Furthermore, uh, I should add, in the name of some of contemporary poskim, in our day and age, we're all familiar with the phenomenon of shuls that have multiple minyanim, big shuls, big communities. And therefore, uh, based on this chidush here in the Mishnah uh, rabbis in the modern context have pointed out that even if there would be one shul, but if that shul has two minyanim, what we colloquially refer to as the early and the late minyan respectively, then memela by definition, the fact that even if a majority went to the early minion, it would not obligate anyone in the late who wanted to go into the later minion. As a result, it seems from the Shochanarach and the Mordechai and the Mishabura and, and, and the early Poskim that this halacha, as fascinating as as it may be, really probably only applies in limited circumstances. In Israel, perhaps, you might say this applies in a yeshuv. Not just any yeshuv, but I would say a smaller yeshuv. Some of the smaller yeshuvim may only have one shul. There are bigger yeshuvim, which have multiple shuls, at least two in some cases. Uh, but if there really would only be one shul and everyone in the yeshuv daven's there, then that might truly be the case of the Mordechai. Or, to use another uh, example that is somewhat uh, common... Uh, if you are in a sleepaway camp or a bungalow colony, things such as that, where there may only be one minion, where everyone is, you know, the only one minion and they're making Shabbos early, that actually might obligate everyone in the camp, everyone in that bungalow. If you're at a hotel for Shabbos or for yuntif and it's not the hotel in the middle of Yerushalayim or something like that, but a hotel that's more scenic and in the middle of nowhere and they have one minion where everyone's making Shabbos, there too, it might apply. Um, so it's uh, somewhat of... Limited application nowadays, but it could still apply and it's certainly fascinating. On this point, particularly, uh, a last ha'ara to mention is a Chiddush of Ramosha Feinstein, which is a, a major chidosh, uh which, if it is accepted, uh, would perhaps affect and impact all of our scenarios. And that is that Ramosha says that this whole halacha only applies if you truly and really accept Tosefa Shabbos. Now, what does that mean? Really, truly accepted? Says Rav Moshe, it depends on your intention. It only applies if you're accepting early Shabbos, lachavanas mitzvah, lakedushas Shabbos. You're doing it for sincere, purely religious reasons. You're running to embrace extra kedusha. You want more of the kedusha Shabbos. You want to have extra time for Shabbos. You love Hashem. You love Shabbos. You want it more. Or, just as sincerely and religiously motivated, but not so much me'ava, but rather me'ira. You're worried that if you wait too long, you may lose track of time, or there may be something that, you know, you, you might miss it, chas and, you know, bidu already passed So you're worried, and therefore you kind of put the brakes on even early. Either one, whether it's, so to speak, the di'ahava or mitoch yira, it says Ramosha, but you're doing it look, mitzvah. You're doing it purely for avodahs Hashem, so to speak, spiritual, religious reasons. However, Ramosha is aware that many, many people, I don't want to say most, um, I don't want to guess, but it's certainly not uncommon, Moshe, uh, in his Ramosha's time or ours, if we're being honest. Many people, uh, when they are accepting early Shabbos, are really just doing it for convenience. And the most common application being in the summer where in many places it doesn't get dark until late and people, especially with young children, want to have early Shabbos so their kids can be up for dinner, for the Shabbos meal, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, get a long night's sleep, etc. Not every time is it uh, purely a religious motivation. How you figure out certain cases which are gray? Good question. But the principle of it, which is all we're trying to enunciate at the moment, is if Moshe's Chiddush, that it really depends on your motivation, and it would come out according to I think, as far as I understand, this is what he really believed, that most, most people in most communities, where that's not really the motivation, it's not clear to what extent it's a mitzvah of Kabbalah Shabbos Pachlal, and it is certainly not going to trigger this chumrah, if you will, of the Mordechai, of obligating other people who had not been makabel. So what comes out, if we combine the Mishnah Brura and Ramosheh, is that it really is very, very limited to, number one, a community with a single shul, etc., really cohesive, everyone in theory officially making Shabbos at the same time. In such a case, we wouldn't allow for individuals who wanted to de- delay to Shia Shkia time. But number two, moshe putting a, a further clamp on it, which is that it only would be relevant if the majority who's accepting Shabbos are doing it for what he considers the, the Proper, I think everyone would agree the best, but Moshe calls it the proper uh, motivations. And if you put these two together, this halacha would probably be very, very rarely applied. Third uh, small topic that's uh, interesting and important to discuss is the question of what happens if you've already accepted early Shabbos and then you realize that you forgot to do something or some new scenario comes up and you need some halacha done, and you want to ask a non-Jew, a Gentile, maybe someone who's in your house, a worker, or depending on where you live, it could be a neighbor, uh, something such as that. So this, of course, is the broader topic known as Amira Lenachri. The details, the rationale, and the application, and the nuances, and the how-to and how-not of Amira Lenachri are a very big topic in and of itself, and way beyond the scope of our shir, But... Given that there is such a notion that there are times where it is all, you are allowed, the question then becomes, is there an issue of Amir al-Nachri in Tosefat Shabbat or not? In other words, as a general rule, if a malacha is also for you to do, uh, you are not allowed to ask a to do it for you. There could be extenuating circumstances in which it is allowed, and how you do it, etc. The question is, how is that applicable to Tosefat Shabbos? Perhaps we might say that's only limited to Shabbos itself. But who said that that applies if I accept Shabbos 30 minutes before the shkia? Who said that I'll read, maybe I'm prohibited in Malacha, but who said this other halacha called Amir al does that apply or not? That's the question. So the Ramah rules on this very directly in Semin Reis Samachalif and the first Sif and says the Ramah directly that after you've accepted and made early Shabbos, he gives the example and he adds this, and this is important, one to two hours before uh, Sh- shkia. That's a significant one. Then he says, it is okay to ask non-Jews to perform halacha. In other words, we do not have the prohibition of Mirla lanachar mir is limited to Shabbos itself. does not apply in the time period of Tosefes Shabbos. The Mugen Avram and the Mishnah bruer brings this down, l'halacha. add a very important uh, kula, expand this leniency, which is that even if it's not a, necessary for a mitzvah, Maybe you forgot to do something for work or something like that. It's still permissible during the time period of Tosefa Shabbos. This is, again, for those who are familiar, an allusion to the fact that one of the uh, heterim for Amir Nachri in general on Shabbos is sometimes we say, mitzvah, certain things could be allowed by asking an Jew. Not everything, and again... Uh, Disclaimer repeated we're not getting into the details of the what and how of Amir L'Nachri now but there are times in which for the need of a mitzvah for the torah of a mitzvah maybe Amir L'Nachri is mutter on Shabbos so comes along the Magen of Ram and the Mishnah Brewer rules like this and says but that we don't even need to come on to that the Ramah is ruling and we accept the Ramah's ruling that Amir L'Nachri per se in general across the board even shalom tzoruch mitzvah will be permissible during this month of Tosefis. So, if a person realizes they forgot to turn off a light or something like that, maybe that's even called a mitzvah because of Omen and Shabbos, but even if you didn't categorize it in a mitzvah, if there was an available uh, non Jew, Gentile to ask, it would be permissible. That is the understanding that we have seen until now that is based on the Ramah and this Magin Avram. However, all of that notwithstanding, the Mishnah and the Magin Avram have a huge uh, limitation on this heter and it starts off by a diuk an inference they make in the Ramah as we mentioned when the Ramah brings down this halacha he mentioned that if you accept Shabbos early such as an hour or two early it's okay to ask non-Jews to perform halacha so the Maggit of Ram Mishibur Ramadayik, why did the Ramah have to give an example of one or two hours early why could he have just said whenever you accept Shabbos early what's the difference how far away it is why did he give that example so if you'd have asked me, I would have said, well, he's just, you know, giving an example. Stam is just, you know, kind of a Mesiyach we would say, just without even thinking about it almost. But I'm not sure I'd be right about that. In fact, the Magadav Ram and the mission would disagree with me. And they say, no, the Ramah is doing this specifically. He gives this huge time limit before Shabbos because that's a time period, he says, in which most people have not accepted Shabbos early Again, assuming, depending on where you live, assuming that's after Plag, it's on the early part of the window where you can make early Shabbos, most people aren't making Shabbos that early. And therefore, no problem, you know, you did, but it's an individual thing, therefore you can ask uh, the non-Jew. However, continues the Manganab Ram, once you get closer to Shabbos, at a time period where most Jews in your community have accepted Shabbos, then you are not... Allowed because there's the additional machayiv of the point we've seen before that once everyone is accepted, so then that would itself be a machayiv for you. Now, this is, you know, very intriguing and potentially a big chumra um, because it significantly circumvents and limits the amount of, of time that you'd be able to rely on this leniency to being only something very far away from Shabbos. Now, if we accept this, it becomes a question of how to apply this. And this probably would require uh, each person to ask a shila of his or her own Rav and his or her own community. But it seems to me that the amount of time that's mentioned by the Ramah and the Mishnah, Bura and Magna where the Ramad said an hour or two, and then the Mishabur and the Mughan say, well, what about you know, half an hour before Shabbos? That's when everyone's already accepted Shabbos, and then it's too late, even for asking non Jew, even though it's Tosefas. It seems to me that those times are somewhat arbitrary, that uh, even if you accept the Mughan that's based on this idea that you know, it's only true when most people haven't accepted early Shabbos. Okay, even if we accept that, but I'm sure that's true an hour or two before Shabbos, but it might even be true much closer to Shabbos not clear exactly where that red line would be. So that's an important uh, thing that would have to be clarified. However, there is a significant uh, leniency, um, and that is that even the Mishnah Brurah, in his opinion, says this is only for the expanded heter of asking a non-Jew to do even things which are irrelevant to Shabbos, irrelevant to any mitzvah, just some, um, like I said, for work or something like that. But um, says the Mishnaburah, in the Zman of Tosefes, it doesn't matter if it's two hours before or half an hour or ten minutes before. If it's in the Zman of Tosefes, something that's Litzorech Shabbos, that is for sure permissible, um, no matter how close it is to Shabbos. To shkia, I should say, real Shabbos, quote-unquote. That's always going to be Mutar Amir Lenachri in the time of Tosefes. Okay, uh, let's do one more related uh, idea and then we will um, un- uh, related to this and then we'll summarize it so I don't want it to be uh, complicated I want to make sure everyone gets the points and that is that until now we were talking about Amir el what about the post we discussed already in Rishonim what about Amir el Israel? now obviously this is not relevant on Shabbos itself because everyone's obligated in the Halachos but just like Amir el might be permissible in the Tsefet what if you've accepted early Shabbos, but your neighbor hasn't? Or, given what we said a few minutes ago, what if your husband or wife hasn't? Are you allowed to ask a fellow Jew? So the base Yosef in Simon Reish Samach Gimel quotes Machlokas between the Rashba and the Ran. The Rashba is lenient. And he says, if you accepted early Shabbos, you are allowed to ask even other Jews who have not yet accepted Shabbos to perform a lecha. The Ran is Machmir, Basically seeing this as, you know, like I'm sure he'd be, you know, uh, you know, more or less the same as what we would call Amir el-Nachri on Shabbos itself. Says Rashba, in the Zeman you certainly can ask, says the Ran in the Zeman you certainly cannot ask another Jew. But the Rashba is lenient. And the Shulchan and many post after the Shulchan accept the ruling, the lenient ruling of the Rashba. Says the Machaber, Reish Amach Gimel, S'if Yitzayin, Yesh Omrim, Shemish shekiba alav Shabbos korem shechasecha. If made early Shabbos, it's not yet dark. li You can ask a fellow Jew to do malacha. This is again the ruling based on the Rajba. and the Shachararech. A also accepting this and amplifying this adds that it doesn't matter how you were makabel Shabbos via tefila, or just your own verbal articulation—the issue we discussed at the end of last week's year. Evidently, according to Shochan Kharab, I don't think he's the only one, but he currently has a shida, the shita that uh, just stam articulating your own personal acceptance is not on the same level as if you would do it with the tibor in tefillah. And therefore, you might have thought to distinguish. Says Shochan Racherab: No, we accept the rashba across the board. Full stop. You can ask another Jew who has not accepted Shabbos, to do malachah for you during the time of Tosefes. Now, even though the ruling and the leniency is unequivocal, it's not 100% clear what the rationale is. And this is actually, within the opinion of the Rashba, a machlokas of the Akronim. The Taz, as brought down by the Mishnah Bruhah here, the Taz in Sifkat and Gimel, Mishneh Bruhah is in Sifkat and Samach says that the rationale is that since that other Jew is still allowed to do malacha, therefore there would be no Isr for you to ask him or her. The whole concept, you can't ask someone else to malacha for you, is only true if we're talking about a situation in which everyone, all Jews, are already Isr. But if it's not true, if that Jew who has not accepted the early Shabbos, is not ushered at all, then it's not a problem. Perhaps, maybe even more than perhaps, it seems like it could be that the Taz is really hinting at something that is mentioned by the Shari Tshuva here, We're quoting from the Chuvas Pnei Yehoshua, the Shut Pnei Yehoshua is the grandfather of the more well-known Pnei Yehoshua, the commentary on the Shas, and in the Shut Pnei Yehoshua, quoted by the Shari Tshuva, he says this is all connected to a uh, well-known machloket or a well-known position regarding the issue of asking people to do what would otherwise be a sin for you, shliach lidvar avera. And generally we say, ein shliach lidvar avera, which is not connected at all to our topic. Ein shliach lidvar avera would mean that even though usually we say, your shliach, your agent, their actions count as if you did it. But that's only true in something that's neutral or a mitzvah. But if you ask a shaliach to do an Aveira for you, even though they're only doing it because they see themselves as being your agent, your shaliach, but we do not accept that as a tr- that power of transference. We say angelech that your shaliach's activities, in this case, doing an Aveira, do not come back to haunt you. It's the shaliach's Aveira. it does not become something that is accredited, and, in this case, blamed on you. Maybe in Shemayim, but certainly not in Bezdin. the levarera. So in that broader context, there's a well-known discussion. What about if you ask a shaliach to do something that's usher for you, but not for the shaliach? So a I think a famous example that comes to mind is, let's say you are a Kohen who is prohibited from marrying a divorcee, and you ask a Yisrael to be your agent, your shaliach, to give K- Kesef Kidushin, to give the monetary, uh, the ring, let's say, to this uh, divorcee on your behalf, to do the Maisei on your behalf, to be your shaliach. And Shlichut does work for a kiddushin. It is not recommended for Shalom Bayis or Romance to have someone else marry your wife on your behalf. And by the way, to be clear, the Mishnah says a woman does not have to go to her own wedding either. She can send a shliach to her own Chuppah. So it's equal for the men and the women that the Mishnah is, says, second paragraph of kiddushin: you can send a shaliach. Again, not recommended in either direction, but technically would work. But the question is, what about if it's a prohibited marriage? A kohen is not allowed to marry a divorcee. So here, on the one hand, it's prohibited for the Mishalach, the kohen who wants to be the groom, but the actual shaliach is not doing anything wrong because he's a Yisrael. He wouldn't be prohibited from marrying this divorcee. So that's a machloket. Do you say Emsuch Dvarvera in that case or not? So with all that background, says the shari tshuva, says the Shut Pene Yehoshua, the Taz and the explanation of the Rashba seem to be based on the opinion that we only say, we only say, dvar when the Shliach is a Bar Chayuva, is also obligated. If you ask a fellow Kohen to do your Kiddushin in our previous case. But if the Shliach is a Bar Chayuva, not prohibited at all on this Avera, then actually we would say, Ye the dvar veira. So that is not identical, but very parallel to our situation, because you are prohibited from doing molacha. You've accepted early Shabbos, but the other Jew who you're asking, your husband, your wife, your neighbor, to do something to quickly turn on the oven, turn off the oven, whatever the case may be, that is a person who is not obligated in it. So if you say that we don't say that there's a connection, a problem uh, from one to the other when there is uh, when the shliach you're asking to do something, is permitted to do it, here also the person is permitted to do it. That, I hope that wasn't too complicated, but that is basically the rationale of the Taz. Again, even if you don't want to get into the whole shlichos aspect, he says just very succinctly that the whole prohibition of asking him to do something is only when all other Jews are similarly obligated and prohibited. The Magad Avram gives a second and very, very... Um, Confusing, I would say, or difficult to understand explanation. He gives a different reason. He says that in this case, since you didn't have to keep Shabbos, so even though you accepted it, it's not 100%. I'll read you the key line. Since you didn't have to make early Shabbos, you just chose to. And since you could have kept it, mutter, you didn't. You accepted Shabbos, but Amira never got included. Um, many, many of the even later Achronim, the Eliaraba, the Bach, others, you know, struggle to understand the logic of the Magad Avram. It's true you didn't have to accept Shabbos, but you did! So once you accept the Shabbos, why would we not include Amir Lanachri, or Amir, in this case, Amir Yisrael? It's not at all clear, and uh, I'm not sure if there's an Avkamina or not, but when you look in the Mishnah Bura, he certainly does accept the position of the Taz as the Basic, basic rationale. So let's summarize this section of the because I'm afraid that we got a little bit too much in the weeds and people might be confused. Um, and that is very simple. These are the bottom line. If you are an individual uh, who is accepting Shabbos, I mean, there could be 10 other individuals too, but it's not the whole C word, just you as an individual have accepted Shabbos, then not only is asking a non-Jew, Amir permitted, even asking a merely even asking another Jew is permitted in the time of the early Shabbos. Number two, what if a Tzibor accepted the uh, Shabbos? So now it's a, a wider community, but it's still before shkia So then Amir al-Yisrael becomes Aser because the Tzibor has now accepted it, but it still would be okay to ask a non-Jew if it's L'tzorech Shabbos or it's L'tzorech Mitzvah. Um, but... That's based on that Diak in the Ramah that limited things to way before Shabbos. Once it gets much closer to Shabbos, then only if it's the Torah Shabbos or the another mitzvah. Once you get to Shabbos itself, so then, obviously, um, any Ameral Yisrael is off, uh, off the table, nothing to talk about, and then the only question is, what are the times where you are allowed to ask a non-Jew? Okay, last but not least, a very small but interesting uh, discussion, and that is, Let's say you accepted early Shabbos, but then you regret it. You realize you forgot something, and there's no one to ask. So you just want to regret it. You want to change your mind. Can you do such a thing? So there's a famous Sheet of the Lavush, who has a very big B'chidosh here in seven Reis Samach Gimel, that he believes that Taosef Shabbos, Kabbalah Shabbos, is Efshar B'She'ela, meaning you can regret it, you can undo it. And the premise seems to be quite clear, that he views the whole idea of accepting early Shabbos as a form of a neder, and just like we have a notion of Hattaras Nadarim, we can undo vows. So too, even though you've accepted uh, early Shabbos, but you could be Matir Neder in the same way that you could do Hattaras Nadarim. Now, other post scheme quote this, but uh, they're either unsure in some cases, or in the case of the Archoshochan here, uh, he is Doche the Levush Beshtay Adayim. He doesn't understand the Levush at all, he thinks it doesn't make any sense. Uh, similarly, the uh, Mishnah Brewer here, Sif Cotton Samachay, also says Beferish that uh, once you've accepted early Shabbos, you cannot get out of it yourself. As we mentioned, there are times where you can ask a Jew or a non Jew, but you cannot get out of it. So there is a Shita of the Lavush. Maybe some Poskim would rely on this in different, difficult or different situations, but um, it wouldn't. Uh, the idea that you could just get out of it, I don't think, is accepted la